0: Parashas Pinchas begins with the pasuk Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron and Chazal found it strange that Pinchas is given his entire lineage where in the end of the last week's parasha when we spoke about Pinchas's act of courage of bravery so it says Ayekah Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron so we already know who Pinchas is we already know his ancestry and therefore, Chazal understands that if the pasuk is repeating in detail Pinchas' father and his grandfather, there must be a reason. And indeed, if we look in the Gemara, it's brought in Rashi, the Gemara says that after the act of killing the Zimri, the other tribes began to embarrass him, to ridicule him. And what did they say? They said, Reisim Ben Puti. Ben Shepitem Magolim Lavoid Zara." Did you see? Kinchas is called Ben Putti because his great grandfather was Yisray. And as we know, Yisray began his career as a priest of Avoy Desire. And therefore he's called disparaging Ben Putti. Somebody who fattened calves, Ben Shapitimagalim for Avoid Zara, And now his descendants should come and kill the Nasi of a Shevet of Kal Yisrael. This was, so to speak, the insult that was leveled at Pinchas. Now it's an interesting thing. Because we know that Pinchas' father was a loser, Pinchas' mother was, the Pesach says, Mi b'nois which means on the one side she was descended from Yisrael, the one who fattened calves for Vodazorah, on the other side she was descended from Yosef. And by Yosef it says, She pit pet be Yisrael. He was able to overcome to control his Yetzirah. So this the Pasek says putil there's two meanings to this word. It's a descendant of Yisrael the one who fattened the calves and it's also a descendant of Yosef the one who controlled his Yetzirah. So to go back to Chazal because the Shvatim were making so to speak fun of Pinchas were ridiculing him so HaKadosh Baruch has to come to, de- to Pinchas's defense and the HaKadosh Baruch says that he's really a ben Elazer, ben Aaron Akim. This is the Pibes and Inhedrin of Pevei Samud Beis, it's quoted here by Rasha. And I have a few questions that I don't understand about this puzzle. My first question is what's the embarrassment of the fact that his great grandfather fattened calves for her desire? If anything, it shows us how far Pinchas has come, how much he's changed, that even coming from not such a respectable lineage, he's nevertheless developed into somebody who is willing to kill the Nazi of a Shevet, if that's the right thing to do. Why would it be a source of embarrassment, who his his great-grandfather was, if what he did was correct? That's my first question. My second question, and that is, Yisra was a priest of Aboed Hazarim. If that's the case, it stands to reason, he did the entire avodah. He probably sacrificed those calves too. He probably did all the services that the avoida zara needed to be done. And if that's the case, why do we focus on the fact that he fattened the calves? That doesn't seem to be the main part of the avoida. That's just preparation. Why don't we rather say somebody who sacrificed those same calves to are. And my third question is that Yisra himself became a girl. And therefore even if Yisra began as the Over of the he himself changed. So why would it look badly on Pinchas, Yisra's early life, when Yisra himself became the first Ger? And lastly, if there is indeed something to be embarrassed about Yisra, so then why didn't the answer come from that same word, puteel. He wasn't just a grandson of Yisra, he was also a grandson of Yosef. Why did HaKadosh Baruchel, so to speak, respond to the insult by saying he's a Ben-Aaron? Why not stay within the same side of his mother's side and say that on the one hand he's a Ben-Yisra, but he's also the son of Yosef who conquered his Yetzirah? And therefore we understand there's obviously something more profound going on in what the shvatim claimed and what Hashem's answer was. So let's explore the background to the story a bit better. The same Gemara and Sanhedrin goes back a step and it tells us what Zimri was thinking when he wanted to take Cosby originally. And there the Gemara says that's in the Pervais and Sanhedrin that when the plague began and the tribe of Shimon started to die. And they came to their Nosi, they came to Zimri, and they said, we're dying in a magaifa. we're dying in a plague. Help us. So what does Zimri go and do? Zimri goes to the campsite where all the benois moav, so to speak, were waiting for Jews. And he goes to the most respected, the most prominent among them, Cosby, the daughter of the king. And he wants to take her. And Cosby says to him, I wasn't sent to seduce you. I was sent for their leader for Moshe and Zimri says to her Moshe is from the third brother from Shavet Levi I am from the second brother from Shavet Shimon and if that's the case in the hierarchy of the Shvatim I come before Moshe Cosby doesn't know better and she agrees to go with Zimri and the Gemara says Zimri takes Cosby in front of Moshe and he says to Moshe, Moshe is she or is she also? Am I allowed to marry her or not? And if you're going to say that it's forbidden to marry a Midianist, a girl from Midian, then Bas, Yisra, Mi, You yourself married a Midianist. Yisra was also from Midian, And Moshe's wife Tipira, was from Midian too. And having said that, he then took Cosby publicly into his tent, so to speak, to marry her. and that was the incident that Pinchas saw which inspired him inspired him to take, to take arms so to speak and as a kanoi, go and kill Zimri and Cosby and now the obvious question is it seems that what Zimri did was motivated by a desire to protect his Shevet how in the world was taking Cosby publicly and putting in front of Moshe, so to speak, a way to protect his Shavit. Shavit Shimon was dying in a plague. They had all sinned. How is adding, compounding the sin, as it were, going to help Shavit Shimon? What was Demir thinking? So, let's look a bit further back. If we look into what happened at Balfour O, we see there were two separate Avera's involved. There was one Avera of Avodah The Gemara also tells us that when the woman of Midian would try to seduce Jewish men, and the Jewish men were at the stage where they were willing to succumb, so the Midianim would take out a statue of, the, of Pa'ar and say, serve Pa'ar in the despicable way that it needed to be served. So there was Lavera of, of zara involved. There was also Lavera of race, that the Jews weren't allowed to intermarry with non-Jews, definitely not in such a circumstance, and therefore, by afterwards, being involved with the borders of Moab and Midian, they were also guilty of Arayith. So there are two parts to the crime. Now, if that's the case. So what was the reason for the punishment? If HaKadosh Baruch Hu now reacted by killing 24,000 of the Bnei Shimon, for which of these two aspects was the Oynish coming, was the punishment coming? Was it for the Vodazara aspect or was it for the Arayat aspect? This is where Zimri thought he could do something to help his rabbi. Why? So let's understand. When Zimri takes Cosby and drags him in front of Moshe, he was coming to say that it can't be that the owners just pull their eyes. Because if that, if, if the daughters of Midian were asked to marry, so then Moshe's wife would be asked too. And if that's the case, so then it can't be that the, that the Avera we've been punished for you as I and as it must be that if that's the case that Benoist Naya, Benoist Midyan are considered mutter. What about the... And therefore, Krasli would we'll be mutter to him as well. And if that's the case, so then, what would the ownish be for? It would be for the Avodah Zara. But Zimri himself didn't worship the Avodah And therefore he thought that by not worshipping the Avodah and by justifying, so to speak, the arayas, that that can't be the reason that it's also, because you see, Moshe Rabbeinu did the same thing, although that was the format in Torah, although it was in different circumstances, although he was the guy her, but nevertheless, what Zimri wanted to bring a proof to was the fact that there was no irayas with those medians. And if that's the case, so then at least there would be an argument that the nation couldn't be punished for the arayas aspect. So it would minimize, so to speak, their culpability to Avodah Zara. Zimri himself didn't worship Avodah Zara. He didn't necessarily follow through with doing the requirements of Avodah Zara of power. And if that's the case, when Pinchas gets up and he goes spoil and he kills Zimri. So what do the shvatim Shvatim Mavazahim for? The Mavazahim that if Zimri presents this winning argument to Moshe, that there isn't a rise involved, then if that's the case, the only reason Minchas you would have had, so to speak, to be a Kanoi and take action against Zimri is because you he held there was a But if that's the case, you aren't the right person to be a zealot for Avoid Sashem against Avodah Zara. You aren't qualified to say that you're going to be the Kanoi who is so, so taken up with the, so to speak, indignant and the, the zealousness against Avodah Zara that I'm going to wage a war to, against the Zara. Pinchas, in your own ancestry you have Avodah Zara. Your great-grandfather used to fatten calves for Avodah Zara. And therefore, Kanoi has to come from a place of purity, has to come from a place of complete dedication that a person can't countenance anything going against Hashem and the the insult to Pinchas was obviously your motivation wasn't completely pure because as somebody who in their genetic so to speak background has avoid desire he won't be the person who's so pure and so completely detached from avoid desire that he can stand up to be a Kanoi, to be a Zeret, to fight against any vestige of Avodah Zarah. And why did it talk about the one who was the Fatima Avodah Zarah, the one who fattened the calves? There was an added insult here too. And that is, even those Jews who did worship Pu'ar, who did succumb and serve Avodah Zarah, but it wasn't Avodah Zarah Lishma, it wasn't that they were so enamored of the Avodah desire that they wanted to do something for it. It wasn't that they were so enraptured by the Koyukh of the Tum of Avodah that they were there to try and help Avodah desire. It was a means to an end. It was expedient. They wanted something else. And this was the way to get what they wanted. And if that's the case, their service of Avodah desire was completely Shalad It wasn't out of honor or respect for the Avodah it, it was a, a, a means to achieve what they wanted to achieve. Now, when somebody would bring a sacrifice to Avodah Zarah, hoping to achieve something, hoping to be given something, hoping to be cured maybe, or be blessed with whatever they wanted, if they believed in Avodah Zarah could do that, there would also be Shladishma. There would also be shaladishma that the interaction with Avodah is really self-service. They're, they're doing whatever the Zarah requires in order to get what they need to get. But somebody who fattens calves of Avodah thats not yet that vodeh. Which would appease the, the Avodah Zara, so to speak. That's just showing a person's dedication to the Avodah Zara, that they're prepared to spend years and endless amounts of money in making the carbon for the Avodah more beautiful. We know from the story of Gidon that they could fatten the calf for the Avodizara for seven years. For seven years, not getting anything. For seven years, they haven't yet brought the sacrifice which they hoped the Avodah Zara would accept. For seven years, it's just the amount of time they have to a hundred times talking about preparing the Hidr mitzvah, and when they eventually do bring the sacrifice of avodah zarah, it will be more of a choshev, a more fattened, a more uh, impressive-looking sacrifice. That shows a level of connection to avodah zarah which is much more Lishmoh, so to speak, avodah zarah for its own sake. And that was the second insult to Pinchas. And that is not just that your grandfather himself involved himself in Avodah Zahra. He was much more enamored of and enwrapped with Avodah Zahra than any of Shavit Shema. They were just serving Avodah Zahra as the means to an end. Whereas Yisrael, before he, he became a go, Yisrael was completely committed, was completely involved in preparing cards for Avodah Zahra. So that was the insult to Pinchas that your obviously didn't stem from a place of Lishma. Somebody whose great-grandfather himself was Ovid Avodah zarah wouldn't have the requisite purity, the requisite distance from right to be able to stand up to fight it. If I want some martial for this, the Avni in his Sefer and his writes in Akdama that the only reason he was willing to, he was able to write so strongly about the importance to keep Shabbos was because in his life he had only seen Chilul Shabbos twice and he says if he had been witness to Chilul Shabbos a third time he would have lost that sensitivity to wage the war of Shabbos and that's a similar idea that the Shvatim were expressing here too and that is Pinchas you claim what you did was out of canals out of a purity of machshava that can't be somebody who's ancestry was so rooted in Avodah Zara, can't have the requisite distance from Avodah Zara to be able to fight at Lishma. Well, if that's the case, that's quite a strong, so to speak, insult to Pinchas. What would the answer be? So the simple answer is the continuation we saw before. And that is, that was a mistake to think that the very declaration of overrun the was desar. The Araiz was Osir as well. Even though Zimri brought Cosby in front of Moshe and says, Who is matting her to you? We understand ourselves. The situation of Moshe in Sinfara was very different to the situation of the Jews in Beloz Media. And therefore, Zimri didn't achieve anything because she was Osir to him also. There was the second Avera of Arayis here as well. And if that's the case, there's now there's a counter-argument. And that is, Zimri, if everything he did was just lishmah, if all you're trying to do was to protect your shavits, then all you needed to do was to make the point to Moshe, who allowed you to marry Bas Yisrael, why am I not allowed to marry Cosby? That's all. But we find it went much further than that. Zimri, the Gemara tells us in the same place in Sanhedrin, the Febes, committed a number of averas of Cosby, what was that for? What was he trying to prove by that? That shows us that as lofty as his intentions may have been, at the end of the day they were fueled by the Yetzirah too. And the proof is what he later did. It wasn't an act of mysterious nefesh for his shevet, There wasn't an act of righteousness, to so to speak, to prove his shevet right. That was an Avera, plain and simple. And that was enough reason to kill him. For their eyes. And that's the second part of the Gemara. But Pinchas had another grandfather also. Yosef. Yosef was squeaky clean. who was able to stand up to the strongest soil and remain, remain, so to speak, distant from Avera. Then yes, Pinchas has within him the genes of Yosef at Satir. He was the ben shekutpet by and if that's the case, he has the ability to be a kanoi to stand up against, to stand up against the And really, both of these things are true. When the Gemara talks about the baal Aramis a Jew who cohabits with a the non-Jew. There's two different issues involved. The one is the arais aspect. The second one is the Gemara says it's like baal basel Nechor. There's an element of avodasar. And the kanoim in the lacha is that somebody who is zealous for Hashem's honour is allowed to take the law into his own hands and strike down such a person, both of these reasons. And therefore the first answer to the shvatim would have been that don't think that the only mistake here was of a desire. And that's what Pinchas was uh, able to stand up against, or not able to stand up against. There was Arias as well. And then when it came to standing up, so to speak, to be a Kanoi in a place of Arayas, then Pinchas was more than qualified. He was the grandson of Yosef, the one who was able to conquer that Yetzirah completely. And therefore Pinchas would be able to be a Kanoi against Arayas in the fullest sense of the word. That's just the beginning. And therefore in the name Putil, which combines the two great-grandfathers of Pinchas, Yisra and Yosef, we see this dialogue of was Pinchas right or not right, so to speak, to do what he did. Why the Shvatim felt he was wrong because he was a grandson of Yisrael? And why the counter would be he was right because he was a grandson of Yosef? There's another point here also. We asked, Yisrael changed. And if that's the case, why would Pinchas still be, so to speak, tied with the insults of being a grandson of Yisrael? So to answer this you just look at another question and that is we know that Pinchas was given as a gift for what he did بَهَيْسَلَوْ that here's the sentence should always be kohen. well he was a grandson of Aaron he was the son of Eleazar why wouldn't he be a kohen already? and on that Khazal answer is brought in Rashi that when Aaron was made into a kohen. And his sons were made into a koine, then only children who were born thereafter were, naturally became koinim. Whereas Pinchas, who was born before Aaron, was made into a Kohenim, so he was a descendant of Aaron, of pre Kohenna Aaron. Aaron, who wasn't yet a Kohen. And if that's the case, it wasn't a given that he would become a Kohen. That's why he had to be given Kohen, this Kohenna individual. Which means the, the fact that a person can transmit his level and his malus, and his distinction to his children, is only when he already has that distinction. Whereas the distinction that he gets only after the child is born, doesn't necessarily go to the children who were already in existence. And if that's the case, we can understand the second point as well. And that is, it's true that Yisra became a Ger. But Yisray only became a Ger after all his daughters were born. As a kohen Midian, he already had all seven daughters. And therefore, it's true that one can't have complaints in Yisrael. Yisra changed. But the change that it was affected in Yisra, after his daughters were born, wouldn't affect them. They were still daughters of Yisra, the priest of Midian. They were still daughters of Yisrael, who fattened the calves. And therefore, if there's going to be some, so to speak, spiritual inheritance from Yisrael, it was from the Yisra who was there at the time. That's what the Shvati meant. That's what the But now we need to understand Hashem's answer Because Hashem didn't suffice to say Well he's also the grandson of Yosef Hashem responded differently And Hashem said he's the son of Eliezer He's the grandson of Aaron O'Kahim And what does that come to teach us? So I'd like to repeat something So you said a principle we've discussed before But you can use it here to understand this point, point as well And that is If we look right back to the time of the brothers Shimon and Levi themselves the sons of Yaakov we see that they were brothers together in the same crime of destroying the city of Shechem and we see they were punished equally that they weren't blessed by Yaakov on the contrary the anger was cursed and yet thereafter we find a tremendous difference we see Levi goes on to be the Chose Shevet the Shevet of the Cohen and the Shevet of the Levine the shaver to stand up for Hashem's honor, whereas Shimon, well, he doesn't improve. And here in the story of baal once again, the prime sinners are Shimon. And once again, when Moshe is going to give a bracha before his death to all the shvatim, the only one left out is, again, Shimon. And the question you have to ask is, what changed? What changed that Shimon remained, so to speak, where Shimon was, whereas Levi affected such a tremendous turnaround? And the we said then is that there wasn't any change. If we look to the Pasuk and the Pasuk says what motivated Shimon and Levi to do what they did and to destroy the entire city, the notion of the Pasuk is an atrocity happened in Klai Yisrael that such a thing could happen to the daughter of Yaakov and that shouldn't be done. Now, if you're wondering, why did the Pasuk have to add those last three words, we've already said it wasn't atrocity, it was a nivola. But the answer is, there's two separate feelings being described here. Two separate emotions. One of Shimon and one of David. The one feeling was that this was something which shouldn't have happened to us. This happened in, to Abbas Yaakov, it shouldn't have happened to Abbas Yaakov. It's a nivala to something terrible happened to Abbas Yaakov. And we have to stand up for the honor of our family. Such things shouldn't happen to us. The second motivation was, it doesn't make a difference in the people. Such a thing is wrong. It's immoral and such things shouldn't happen. And these, even though in the case of the story of Shechem, there was a meeting point of these two motivations, but the motivations are very different. The motivation of Shimon was, we have to stand up for the honor of our family. If such a thing could happen in our family, we have to take revenge on the honor of our family. And the motivation of Levi was, we have to take revenge on something which is wrong. If it's wrong, and then we can't allow the wrong things to happen. Such a thing shouldn't happen anyway. Yaakov was angry with both of them for the same reason. He was there, they could have asked him. But the Midas, which they displayed, continued to guide each individual Shavik. That concept of Levi, to stand up for what's right, something which is wrong shouldn't be allowed to happen, became the hallmark of Shavik Levi. And when after the Egilah is when Moshe stands at the gates of the Jewish camp and he says, Me la Hashem elai. Who's going to stand up for Hashem? Who's going to wage a war against what's wrong? Such a thing and a should never have happened, so the entire shavit levi, we stand up for what's right. And more than that, the Apostlech says in the v'zaysa that even overrode their family commitments. The Apostlech then praises levi as one who said to their grandparents, they wouldn't recognize a grandchild, a grandson, a brother-in-law, if they had been nichshed on the ego. they were willing to fight them regardless of the fact that they were family. Because Levi's motto was, We can't allow something bad to happen. Whereas, here we find Shimon repeating the same mistake as the ancestor of the Shevet. Zimri gets up to defend his Shevet, to protect his Shevet of dying. They did things wrong. They were dying because of Neveira, but he feels he has to protect the Shevet. And he goes to Cosby and he says to her, My Shevet is the second Shevet. Moshe's Shevet is only the third. Again, the honor of the Shevet. And if that's the... Even though Zimri, so to speak, got up to protect the Shevet, but with the same wrong understanding. And that is, Kanos isn't to protect the family. Kanos isn't to protect the Shevet. Kanos is to do what's right. And therefore, as much as Zimri was a leader, and his motivation was to protect the Shevet. That was also wrong. And that's what Hashem's response. We don't have to get into to the discussion of was Pinchas acting as a Ben Yisrael? Was he acting as a Ben Yosef? Was the Echad mistake of a Desdara? Was the a mistake of a Rai's? Was it both? There's another cheshbon over here. Pinchas was acting as a Ben Aaron. And a Ben Aaron stands up for what's right. Pinchas ben is the Ben Aaron Akai. He is following in the same tradition of his grandfather and his father. The tradition of Shevet Levi. And that is to stand up for what's right. What Zimri did was wrong. And if a per- and somebody whose motivation is, I'm going to stand up when I see wrongdoing. I'm going to be a Kanoit when I see things which are wrong. That's the middle of Levi. That's what motivated, motivated Pinchas. And that's Hashem's answer. And therefore, even though Pinchas was born before Aaron became a kohen, And therefore he wasn't naturally a kohen, Because it's only once someone's given the mail of kohuna that he has the, so to speak, the spiritual DNA which he passes on to his generations who born afterwards. Pinchas was born before. But over here in this incident, Pinchas proved that he had within him the spiritual, spiritual DNA of the Koyen. That he had within him the canoes to do the right thing. The hallmark of Shavit Levi. And therefore, in his own right, he deserves the too. Those are the two parts of the person. <laughs> <laughs> Pinchas is a Ben Aaron, Ben Aaron Ben and therefore, he gets the bris of Kohanimut. He also deserves to the, that this distinction of the person who is willing to stand up to defend the honor of Hashem is the one who is chosen to be given the privilege of serving Hashem.